Childhood Ruin. I am one of your hosts, Michael Mallon, and joining me as always is Chris Benefield. Chris. Hello, hello. Uh, doing fine. Wonderful. How are you? How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm doing okay. It's We're recording this on President's Day, mm-hmm. so I had the day off, which means... Me too. My son's daycare was off, which means it's not really a day off. So. <laughs> right. So we had fun. We Actually, my wife was working from home during the morning. Uh, so we went to the gym, took Hugo to the gym. There's a little daycare room. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Then I had to get my glasses fixed. Uh, my son cooperated in there. Then we went to Raising Cane's for lunch, which is excellent if you've never been to one of those places. And uh, then he took a pretty long nap and, uh, you know, kind of a good day. Good, good. What about yourself? Also had the day off. Also spent it more or less with my son, but he is of the age now that, um, you know, Video games and YouTube videos rule the day, so it was it was a quiet day around here. Got some things done. You should Nothing have said your day exciting. was filled also with YouTube videos and videos games. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I I still did some work. I did I did binge a little bit more of the Umbrella Academy, um, but yeah, it's been been a pretty basic day. What is the Umbrella Academy? Uh, it's a Netflix-funded adaptation of a comic book series that I have never read. Um, I think it uh, debuted uh, last Friday or so, um, and you know, I was I had finished binging The Expanse, needed something new, and decided to give it a try. And I I think it's entertaining. It's um, I think it's TV 14. Like it's, it's not a kid's show, but it's not, it's not, you know, games of game of Thrones either somewhere you know, in between this live action. Oh no. Yeah. It's live action. Um, what's her face? Uh, yeah, me and names. Uh, the main actress from Juno is one of the principal characters on it. Oh, Okay. Uh, I didn't really know anybody else from the show except for, uh, Mary J. Blige has a part. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's entertaining. It reminds me of, I don't know when the comic book was written, but it definitely reminds me of sort of that, um, a little bit off the beaten path, but still using superhero tropes that, you know, like Alan Moore and people like that were doing in the, you know, late eighties and, and onward, or I guess Alan Moore was even earlier than late eighties, but anyway, Ellen get, Page yeah. is the yeah. actress yes. you were speaking Yes. Of. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we just started watching Ozark uh-huh. with Jason Bateman. Yep. And I guess she watched at one point the first five episodes and then lost touch with it. So mm-hmm. now she wants me to watch it with her to see if we both stick with it. And, right. Um, yeah, it seemed like a very intense first episode. I, <laughs> yeah, not not really what the kind of thing that I want to want to watch, but I, I people like it. Yeah, I just I did paid the remark afterwards. I was like, wow, that was a lot of people getting shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly a great like oh we just put our sun down so let's unwind with a show and then <laughs> that first episode just sort of blows your doors back right so is the uh, umbrella academy more like an x-men type of thing where there's different superheroes and they all got to figure things out or what's the general <laughs> so the very general premise i'm trying to do this without being spoilery at all is it was a group of uh they're not really orphans but we'll call them that for the lack of having to explain it further have been brought together by an eccentric billionaire they form a superhero team where they do all each have unique powers as kids um but that's not where we're starting we are starting years down the road when they're in their presumably somewhere in their twenties and they have all, all gone their separate ways and then circumstances force them to come back together. 
So it's like X-Men meets like some type of high school reunion type of thing. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem hung up on the X-Men. Well, I, I think rich guy teaching a bunch of superhero characters. Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's like one of those things now. It's like, well, they did it on The Simpsons. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what new can you come up with these days? Right. Even watching Ozarks, the first episode, I'm like, wow, this is like Breaking Bad in Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be hard to create a new idea these days. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, this is an adaptation of a comic book series that I don't, I don't know how true it is to it. I don't know when those came out. I have not, not done my due diligence. I just started watching it yesterday. So, it is based on a true story. <laughs> yes, it's happening in real time. They should have stuck closer to the source material. <laughs> yes. Well, that's cool. I need to make more time. Or I should make more time to watch shows. It just has not been in my repertoire in the last couple of years. I have it, so much on my DVR, and there's shows piled up on Netflix that I want to watch but just haven't. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't have a DVR at this point, and I'm kind of thankful for that because, you know, it, there would be like, you know, th- 30, 40 hours of stuff that I thought I should watch that I'll never get to. So, um, but that's, that's the nice thing about the streaming services is that, uh, when, I mean, for me, like watching a show is fairly low on my priority list. I mean, there's usually one or two that like somebody wants to watch with me. So there's like a social aspect to it. And, and those are the ones that I get to. And then, when it's a slow weekend or you have President's Day off, um, you know, they're there waiting for you when you when you don't have anything better to do. Yeah, I, I got to play a little bit more Red Dead Redemption while my son was napping today and I was home. So took care of a couple missions in that. Mm-hmm. When I do have free time, I try to play that a bit or I'm watching hockey or... Well, and you were wasting time playing Hearthstone on my phone or doing something like that. <laughs> Much to your wife's chagrin. Um, you're also at the low point for free time as a parent. Like, you know, your child is no longer of the age that you can leave him like in a playpen or like on a mat somewhere and go do something for a minute or even be in the same room, but do something for a minute. And he's not old enough to really be entertaining himself, <laughs> trusted by himself. So it gets better. Yeah, he's not to be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure not. <laughs> he's um, he's taken to jumping over or kind of flopping onto the dog, which is a problem, considering the mm-hmm. dog's a 12-year-old shih tzu. Right. Uh, so that's a problem. We're, we're trying to work on that. Mm-hmm. He has... You know, these really good runs of control and discipline, and then it just unravels rather quickly. <laughs> just for the record, for our vast listening audience, you are, you are talking about a two-year-old right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I had to drive. I mentioned before, I had to get my my glasses, these transition sunglasses, the uh, epitome of really cool dad look. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he got a hold of him or something happened to him, but the one the one arm was all jacked up. So mm-hmm. I needed to take them in to get them just refitted. And so I gave him a pep talk in the car. I'm like, all right, we're going into the store and they're going to help daddy with the glasses. It's only going to take a few minutes, but it's a quiet store. So I just you know need you to behave yourself. <laughs> I realize he's two. I, I'm totally aware of this, so I realize how ridiculous this is. But this is the pep talk I'm giving them. I was like, and then afterwards we're going to go get lunch, and it's going to be great. So, you know, just you know, work with me here. And he was he was excellent in the store. He just was kind of hanging out. It was 100% your pep talk. It totally sitting on my lap. I think if we were in there another 45 to 60 seconds, things could have gone differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it went well, and then we had lunch, and he was, for the most part, pretty good at lunch. He gobbled up a bunch of chicken fingers, so... Yeah, 
you know, it's the days are long. The time's going by really quickly. Yep, for sure. By the way, uh, just noting that the cats have found me. So if people hear that in the background. Nice. Welcome to Cats to the Pod. What, they, got, they, got anything, they got any hot topics they want to talk about? Uh, they're very interested right now. I don't know that they want to discuss anything other than their next meal. But Well, one of the things you wanted to talk about, you, you had some thoughts and kind of ties into some of the stuff we've discussed in previous episodes, including uh, our, our Weezer podcast from a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> definitely, definitely check that out if you haven't heard it. Um, but really, if just gives me another excuse to say, if you haven't listened to our Yacht Rock pod from last summer, yes, start there, and right? Get caught up. Mm-hmm. So, but but the Grammys, fire away, because you had some questions. Oh, I I don't really have any questions per se. I just pose the uh, basic topic of the Grammys and. I think this could be said for a lot of awards out there, but I my point was just, does anybody care at this point? And I, for me, the Grammys feel the most, I don't know, disconnected for lack of a better word. And that, you know, it's been, I mean, when, when was the Jethro Tull over Metallica? Well, that had to be, I was in high school. I mean, Black Album Black probably, Album right? Was so what, probably 90, 1991 or so. I was going to say 92-ish. Yeah, I mean, that could have been the the year of the award show. Point being, the Grammys have been kind of a joke um, for a long time. And it hasn't... So the release date was August 12th, 91. Right. So yeah, it was probably the 92 Grammys. And it hasn't really gotten a lot better. There have been famous for, you know, trying to almost ignore hip hop as long as they could. And then even when they did start giving some Grammys out and creating some categories, it's usually not been a part of the televised show. You know, it was one of those that like heading to commercial break and announcing earlier winners. <laughs> um so I just think for people that are nerdy about music, I, I'm not sure that the Grammys have mattered in a really, really long time. And and maybe there's music critics out there that still love it and tune in and watch it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, that's just my feeling. And I'm not alone. Um, there was an article that I happened to see on social media that was part of why I just jotted it down as a possible. Uh, read it online on social media. It must be true. <laughs> I didn't write it, but uh, NPR did an article about it, and, and the title of said article, um, and people can look it up, or maybe we can even link it when we um, post this, but it's just called, The Grammys Don't Have a Hip-Hop Problem, The Grammys Have a Grammy Problem. And this is reacting to, there were two things, I don't know how, if you paid any attention or not, I didn't, but I read about it afterwards, that A, um Childish Gambino was up for a bunch of things and just didn't show up, um, declined an offer to perform on the show, just basically didn't care, didn't feel like they were relevant. Um, and I think to a certain degree felt like showing up on the Grammys is sort of opposite of the message that he wants to send. Um, and then Drake did win, um, but launched into kind of an anti-Grammy speech, if you will, and they gave him the hook before he finished. <laughs> so so it wasn't a great showing for, um, you know, I don't know exactly how many awards Childish Gambino ended up winning, but several, and, you know, he didn't even want to be there. Because so. I think, and I, I think part of the issue with the Grammys is just their categories never made sense to me. It's like song of the year, album of the year, record, like, I don't know, it, it always seemed a little confusing, but I, so I think this is America won a few awards. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about that is, is as much as I love Childish Gambino, like I don't really, I think that should have won for best music video if that's still a Grammy category. I don't really think it should have won necessarily 
song of the year, whatever it was that it, it won besides that, because I think it won several. Um, so, it's, but it's like the Grammys are almost this year. We're trying to kind of go out of their way a little bit to say, no, no, seriously, we're, we're relevant. We get the hip hop and, uh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> they were given a big brush back from that community as a whole. And so there were a lot of articles, I think out there, I've, um, when I was just Googling to find this one and, and pull it up again, um, you know, I saw tons and tons of other articles about hip hop and the Grammys. And I think that was kind of the NPR article's point is like people are looking at this as like, well, there's a problem with that community and blah, blah, blah. And um, the NPR article's point was not really the Grammys have a Grammy problem. Like they've been out of touch and, irrelevant and as you said confusing categories even when a category seems clear like the famous jethro toll over metallica for you know best metal it just it's a long history of <laughs> dubious moments there you are just rolling around your ice and beverage yep that's the joys of having a, a you know too sensitive a microphone for this show. Uh, so, I mean, when was the last time you watched any part of the Grammys? You know, interestingly, I think it was two years ago with my brother in town. Hmm. And, yeah, I remember watching the show with them. And I think there was a live performance by, uh, what's the guy that does uptown funk? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't think of the name. It's... Right. I, I, yeah, not my favorite artist. I can, I can see him in my mind's eye again, but I'm blanking on the name. Oh, he, I know he did the Super Bowl. It'll come to me in a second. Yeah, it's, uh... Oh man, that's, just really uh, showing my my credentials here. Anyway, well, so, I, I'd say that you know we have a Bruno Mars. Bruno, Bruno Mars, yes, um, of course. I, I, I'd say that this is like a old people thing, but like I haven't been able to come up with names or remember anybody's names ever. So this this is not a new thing. So it was interesting, and I think this gave me kind of this other perspective. Not one I agree with, and that was a common refrain with me and mm -hmm. my brother, or refrain, I should say. Right. Um, and my brother was quite conservative and, you know, sort of had his mindset about certain things. So we just had the Grammys on, I think, because, you know, my son at that point was a month or so old, and we were exhausted. He was in bed, and it was just like something that was on television. Well, and, and your wife likes to watch award shows, doesn't she? Am I remembering this correctly, that she enjoys them? She was previously into the Golden Globes because it was a fun show and it was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and it was usually mm -hmm. pretty, pretty uh, funny. But I think at this point, like she was she was sleeping because I mm -hmm. just remember this conversation my brother and I got into and it. I think Bruno Mars was doing his thing. My brother was just not impressed at all. And he just was like, matter of fact, just he's like, like hip hop and rap is dead. Like it just doesn't really <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> did the Grammy send him a vote on the spot or well, well, did that come in the mail a month later? <laughs> and it just, it sounded like such an absurd thing for anyone to say. And I just was more of like, huh, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's just not relevant. There's no big artist anymore. Like there was in the, like the eighties and nineties. Like there's, there's nobody like that anymore. Um, I just was saying that I was like, well, to you, because you're like a 45 year old white male like yeah rap probably isn't a big deal to you right now <laughs> right but there's many artists out there who are influential and i name names he's like just no that's it's like it's just it's, it's different now it's not the same mm -hmm. and there was like there was no having it i mean you've met my brother there was no like having a nuanced argument or discussion about this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's also fair to note that th that's kind of what your brother always did. And I'm not sure okay. to what degree he believed all the things that he said. Um, 
or let alone even if he kind of thought that like had any real long thought behind that or was super dedicated to the idea other than he was sort of dedicated to the idea of saying things, getting people to react and then kind of digging in and enjoying the argument. Well, I also think that was the year that there was a, uh, I think when I think it came up because I think that was the year in the Grammys that they did a dedication to a tribe called quest. Mm -hmm. Um, after was it Fife Dog who died? Yes. Around that time? So, I guess maybe it has been that long. That feels like that was more recent, but the, uh, the way our you know last couple of years have been, that you're probably correct. I think it came up when they did some type of medley performance mm-hmm. um, tribute thing, and it came up during that conversation. And, and yeah, I just... I think it touches on something we, we've discussed in the past of uh, just the way the speed of culture moves. Mm-hmm. Music seems so fragmented. And I think we all just stay really in touch with the music we had in our teens and 20s. Speak for yourself. Yes. <laughs> um, but I would think globally that applies more often than not to most people. Well, I mean, this is one of our very first um, podcasts, right? Was kind of talking about this idea. And just with like award shows and stuff, like movies, and I think movies are going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with music, it's even more self-selected. You can cultivate your own playlist. You can listen to what you want. No one really buys music anymore. It's all, Speak for yourself. It's all this virtual jukebox. Which right. has its has its pros, has its benefits, where you can discover anything you want to discover, and you can find new artists. And at the same time, it's really easy to just cultivate the stuff that you've always listened to, and always listen to the same stuff. And like listening to the radio now is really challenging. Some of the stations are good, but between commercials and everything else, like DJs, like I just. It's hard to listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I think movies are going in that direction. There's still the box office and big releases, and everyone more or less has a similar experience going to the movies, seeing different movies. But that's changing. People are seeing movies at home. There's more independent movies. I think Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, Prime, and other things are starting to change the way people see movies and. I don't know, it could be five, ten years where the whole idea of going to a theater is sort of obsolete. And then it could become more like music where people are talking about movies that you never really heard of. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, these people, this is the best movie ever to this group of people. Um, almost like shows, like we started talking out about the show you're watching and I'm watching Ozark and people are highly committed to these shows and they love them and other people have never heard of them right so to get back to your original point about the grammys and awards shows i just don't think everyone has the same foundation to grade judge this stuff let alone you know the eddie vetter speech of you know i don't know what this means Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know talking about awards for art so right it just seems like award shows in general are are kind of a thing of the past in the Oscars this year. Or they're just crapping all over themselves trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's not working. Well, and I, I don't have a list for the Grammys or the Oscars of who all is getting to vote on them right now. I would presume that due to criticism and feeling increasingly out of touch that they have tried to, um, diversify <laughs> who is voting. Um, but you still get the feeling that it is a ton of generally older people um, because they have been around a long time and sort of created their whatever, their cachet in that industry. And that it is probably still entirely too many old white men. Could be wrong because I don't, I don't have the list in front of me. But my guess is old for sure and probably not as diverse as it needs to be <laughs> in either case. 
So yeah. I, I, I just think that you end up with people that are somewhat out of touch and are still the products of an old system of the way that things were in terms of movies and music. And um, it creates a problem when it comes to connecting with an audience, connecting with entire genres of their respective industries. Um, and so, I, I mean, but the, the, and I guess maybe I should just say, like, I really can't tell you the last time I watched Grammys, Oscars, Golden Globes, any award show. Like, it may have been since the 90s. Like, I just remember watching them back then and just always being, like, <laughs> just annoyed by what most of what was winning and and just stopped at that point and have never felt any interest in coming back. I was never like a let's watch people on the red carpet person. We've, I think we've talked before about um, while I admire artists a lot, I don't have a ton of patience for the idea of celebrity. So it just doesn't do much for me for any number of reasons. I've never been a big Grammy person. The Oscars I've traditionally enjoyed I, I feel like of all the major award shows that that is the one that still quote-unquote means something like i feel like if you're if you win best picture that best actor like those major awards are significant discussions and there's a history to it and you know 10 years down the road people will think like oh what was the best movie for that year and it it matters. At least it still seems to matter. I think it matters to some people. I'm not, I don't think it matters to very many people, though, because, I, you know, with the Oscars, there's still so much of this, you know, oh, it's this white person that's been acting for 30 years and they've never won. And this uh, probably wasn't the best movie. They probably weren't the best actor, but... They, we should really give them an award. Like they should have won it 15 years ago for this, but now they're going to get it for that. You know, it just. You should just not, say, you should just say that Scorsese didn't win for Goodfellas and he won for The Departed. <laughs> you should just call it that. That's cause right. That's what, that's what kind of happened. And The Departed was an excellent movie. That 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 movie was, you know, hit, hits a personal nerve for me in a lot of different ways, and I thought it was very well done mm-hmm. yeah i think and that's I, one of the things about the oscars is the snubs and the quote-unquote like the wrong choices mm-hmm. sort of give the oscars more like work i feel like besides the metallica jethro toll thing mm-hmm. like how many grammy snubs or choices are people still talking about 10 to 15 years later well, they're not because the Grammys, I mean, I think the Grammys still give awards for more traditional forms of music, but that has been not, excuse me, the part of the show that gets aired, you know, since I don't know when, <laughs> 60s, 70s. Um, and so essentially there are popular music awards in, in so far as what is aired and I think you can make a compelling argument that the Grammys haven't really felt like they were in touch with what was going on for 30 years, <laughs> more than that. And maybe they never were. Like, I, I guess I don't really know, like, when did the Grammys decide to start caring about, you know, rock music and like giving an, an award, you know, during like the late 60s and things like that they were probably just as out of touch then as they are now so and i know in a way it's kind of silly because the academy awards are talking about movies and they can't really show you very much of what they're giving awards for like you have to have seen it or not whereas a music award show for songs that are generally three to four minutes long like it can be packed with performances and getting a lot more of you know, what is being awarded, but I just don't think that people care very much. Yeah. Does it matter one way or the other? 
that people may no longer care about these award shows? Uh, like kind of a meta question, but for the health of film industry or music industry, should there be some kind of apex award that means something to the general fan base? Well, I mean, I think it, um, I mean, my short answer is yes. I think it's good to have those things. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I, get bored and like I want to find a new video game to play or I'm like man I'm feeling a little burned out on like music I've been listening to lately like what have I been missing and like go out there like I start searching for somebody's list of that I care about of like these were the best albums of last year or whatever that might be and I think you know traditionally Grammys and Oscars for at least <laughs> for at least white people have been a place that we go to to like be like oh like like what movies won last year like I I didn't see very many of those like what was that and so as those things increasingly lose relevance with a larger and larger audience like you kind of need something I mean you don't have to have it but in a world that there's like endless media having these lists out there of um, by people that are I'm, I don't know trustworthy <laughs> for lack of a better word uh, have opinions that you trust are a way to find those things yeah I mean one, one thing that comes to mind is there, there's a lot of years with the Oscars where because my, my wife and I will still kind of make a point to try to see the main movies that are being up for best picture or some of the performances one of the things we'll get a babysitter now that we have our son and we'll, we'll go see a movie. So there's years where I have clear rooting interests. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a difference. <clears throat> so I remember years ago when Lord of the Rings was up for a ton of awards, mm -hmm. I was all in on watching it because I just, I wanted those films to be recognized. I wanted them to win just because I was a fan and I wanted them to win. Mm -hmm. And that sort of feeling is, fun to have something that you're invested in you care about and you want to see it recognized and you live a little vicariously through that award the acceptance speech and you feel like you're a part of it even though obviously you're not you're just a, a member of the audience but if you're invested in that movie or that actor or whatever that feels like a interactive thing in some mm -hmm. ways. Um, and some of the speeches are usually quite emotional. They uh, sometimes go in more political angles or something else. So it there's a little bit of, I don't know what to expect from this person. Like, are they going to say something somewhat profound or entertaining? And I definitely have that feeling this year because of all the movies. You know, there's three or so that... Um, you know, more invested in with the top being a star is born just because of the content material in that movie. It had a pretty uh, strong uh, impact on, on my life for a few days as I had to process some things, wrote an article about it. And I, I want that movie to win. I want that movie to get recognized. So more people see it, more people have to deal with some of the questions that that movie presents and like that would be important to me I'd, I'd be rooting for that um but you could also say similar things for um black panther and vice different reasons um but those movies winning would would create an interesting conversation i think mm -hmm. uh, and there's other movies like we talked about the last time we recorded like i, I think bohemian rhapsody would be an unfortunate choice for how that movie came together and sort of what it glosses over like that, that would be frustrating. So then mm -hmm. I'd have this emotional connection one way to the other with some of the movies selected. And right. there's been other years where I, I don't have that connection because I haven't seen the movies or nothing really struck me as that interesting, but usually it's because I haven't seen the movies. Right. 
Well, I think you're hitting on two things here. One of which is um, the Oscars still has that power to some degree for you because you still sort of care about the um, whatever the relevancy is not the word I want here, but that it adds to the movie that you care about if it wins, that it's sort of validated the feelings that you have about a a movie. And I think that that's what I'm arguing is that for huge swaths of the population, neither of these award shows do that validation that they feel out of touch where they don't really care. Um, who wins it. And I would argue much more for the Grammys than the Oscars, but I I think they have some similar problems. Um, And the other is that you have to have those things that you're invested in. And as we've discussed, like the music scene is more splintered at this point, like um, because you're just talking about short bits of song that somebody could make in their bedroom potentially at this point and have it be a hit. Um, You know, you don't have to have this huge funding that big Hollywood movies have to have. Um, That is what's happening. And so people are really into an artist and really think that they're awesome. And, (laughs) you know, it's some EDM artists and like a vast majority of like, the people that we know would have no idea who this person was or who the song is. And so therefore, um, even if they were nominated for a Grammy, um, there's not that huge of an audience tuned in with that sort of emotional attachment to who's going to win for, for both sides of that reason. There's both smaller groups of people that care about (laughs) the things that are nominated and, uh, you know, there's some problems with, uh, you know, who's getting nominated and, and all these things as well. But, you know, you can, you can make the best choices ever for the Grammys and it's still, you know, little segments of musical fandom that are getting touched there. Whereas with the Oscars, you nominate Black Panther, like a pretty big group of people saw and liked Black Panther, whether it deserves an Oscar or not. Well, and I thought that movie was phenomenal. I, I think it's important for reasons of, of representation, and it's just it's a good movie. It has a mm-hmm. villain who, anytime there's a villain or a antagonist in the movie, and for the most part, you're like, yeah, you know, he actually makes some good good points, or she makes some good points. Like that's a mm-hmm. good villain. Uh, so the story is compelling. It was it was very well done. You know, does it quote unquote deserve best picture? I, I don't know. It wasn't the best movie I saw. It was maybe the most entertaining movie I saw. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad it's nominated. I think it goes back in some ways. I think it was 2009. So the Oscars jumped from nominating five or six pictures to all of a sudden nominating eight or ten. Right. And it's almost like the Oscars are trying to placate people instead of just being this is who we are this is what we do and here's why we do it um, i think they're trying to to change to modify things but like i like even this year they were going to give away some pretty significant awards during commercial breaks mm-hmm. which there was so much backlash that they said no no we're, we're not going to do that now um i don't know i just I feel like it's, not to get political, but I feel it's like they're trying to play to this non-existent middle. Like, mm-hmm. let's try to make everybody happy, which is just never going to work. Like, there's no middle anymore. I think that's part of the issue. Mm-hmm. There, there's not, like, a whole group of centrist <laughs> people out there, this mythical, like, undecided voter who, you know, wants these award shows to be without an opinion to be, I don't know. It just, it, it's frustrating to, to watch them try to kind of bend over backwards to please different segments of people instead of like, just be the Oscars, do the Oscars. You guys been doing it for a hundred plus years. Just do it. Well, isn't that kind of reflecting the problem that movies have in general? Um, 
which in some ways is kind of like the problem that video games have to a certain degree, which is the the cost of doing, you know, at least certain genres of movies and really all movies are pretty expensive regardless of how they're made. Um, but you know, it goes way up when you're making, excuse me, an Avengers movie as opposed to, you know, a drama that takes place in a, you know, pretty small setting, but they're expensive no matter what. And it's hard to get movies approved because, um, there's such a huge investment in them that a lot of places don't want to take huge chances, which is kind of what's happened with video games as well. You know, the cost of making a triple A title has just gotten to be exponentially huge. And therefore publishers are afraid to take very many risks. And so we get call of duty 18 as opposed to some new interesting, um, IP. Um, and I think, we see, I mean, people are complaining endlessly about how Hollywood's run out of ideas because it seems like all they do is reboot this and that because that's a safe bet that is they can look at, okay, um, we've got a whole bunch of people that are aging and nostalgic for their childhood. If we redo this, we are guaranteed um, a pretty large audience as long as we do a reasonable job with it, right? Yeah, and just looking over the Oscars t- to stick with that for the last few years. Mm-hmm. So the winners last year: The Shape of Water, movie I didn't see. Certainly, yep, not a, Certainly not a huge blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before that, Moonlight won, um, which again, movie I haven't seen. Unfortunately, I do. Want to yep, it. me neither. Year before <laughs> that was Spotlight, which I did see. Uh, that was the film about the Catholic Church scandal. Mm-hmm. That was, I felt, more of a throwback to some of those legal movies from the 80s. It was good. I I, I enjoyed it. I would have, I wanted, I was rooting for The Big Short or Mad Max (laughs) that year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The Big Short was amazing. Uh, The movie was brilliant. Um, The year before that was Birdman, kind of a movie about movies, which the the Oscars love making, (laughs) giving best picture to movies about movies. Right. Uh, a year before that, Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, a year before that, Argo, another movie about making a movie, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, the artist did not see. Uh, the also King's about speech. making a movie, there. Right? Also about making a movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. The King's Speech, which I saw, which I like. So there's a podcast I listen to, the, the Bill Simmons podcast, and he came up several years ago. And maybe other people have come up with this idea, but that best picture shouldn't be given out until five years later. Mm-hmm. There should be a waiting period to say, well, the best movie in 2010, you actually don't give it until 2015. Right. It's like it's like NFL draft picks. You have to see how they. Yeah, you have to see how they pan out. And uh-huh. so the King speech wins. And this is one of the first years where they're nominating a ton of different movies. So the other mm-hmm. nominations are 127 Hours. That was a movie with, uh, I think the dude that had to saw off his own arm. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't see. Black Swan, which was amazing. Natalie Portman was brilliant. She won Best Actress, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fighter, which I didn't see. Inception, mm-hmm. which I really loved. Thought that was good. Um, the Kids Are All Right. I don't remember that film. Toy Story 3, which <laughs> uh, was very good. Um, True mm-hmm. Grit, which I didn't see. And Winter's Bone, which I saw on video. Video. I'm dating myself. I saw on online, DVD, whatever. But the other film that, at this point, if you were given the award, you'd probably give it to the social network, right? No. Okay. I mean, I don't. I saw the social network. It was fine. I didn't think, as a movie goes, that it was that great. You wouldn't Sounds give like it to you the speech. speech. I like the King's speech. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought the performances were great, but I, I would also say that, you know, Hollywood loves a good period piece with a bunch of white people. In it. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, it's just, I, I, I think those are, I think those discussions are, are interesting with, with best picture. Um, you could do the same thing with actors, like who wins, who doesn't. Um, 
this year, like I said, I, I think I could see Black Panther winning, which would be cool. I think that would be great. I'm not against that by any means. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I've told other people to go see it. Um, I just have this allegiance to A Star is Born for different reasons because I think it's just, you know, one of the reasons that I've tried to speak so openly about mental health issues is because I think it'd be good for those topics to be more in public consciousness. Even though I think that movie is like, oh, it's Lady Gaga, it's Bradley Cooper, and there's this song, and I think some of the other topics have been overshadowed by um, who's in the movie and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. the fame of the movie seems to be outpacing some of the plot details about the movie, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense, Mm -hmm. which is kind of unfortunate. Sorry, I was distracted. I was looking up the kids are all right and then realizing that I actually saw that movie. Uh, what, what, what was that about? Uh, <laughs> let, let's see. Uh, so it's Annette Benning and Julianne Moore are a married same-sex couple living in oh, Los Angeles. I, I saw that. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was like insert indie movie plot. And, and what that movie felt like. And the Hulk enters into their lives. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like that movie a lot. It, it has a. Um, it was cute. It has a, a scene that <laughs> that has stuck with me about what kind of uh, pornography that couple likes to watch. Oh goodness, <laughs> I, I don't remember that much from it. So it was it was a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, so anyway, I think that your point is correct in that at least at this moment in time, movies are still a big enough venture that more people can kind of do what we're doing right now. Debate the merits and should it have won and these sorts of things. I'm still not sure that people care enough to tune in and watch the Oscars to do that, but I know some people do. And then some people really like to watch all the red carpet stuff and and blah, blah, blah. But you go back, I got like 1994. Mm-hmm. So, Shawshank Redemption, amazing film, brilliant movie. Quiz Show, which I think I saw once years later. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulp Fiction, which mm-hmm. I say no more. Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Forrest Gump. So Forrest Gump wins. Right, which is terrible. So, I mean, you would probably say. Give it to Pulp Fiction. Um, so I think of the ones that you just named, um, or I, I've seen all of those movies. I enjoy Four Weddings and a Funeral. I don't think it's a you know best picture movie. Uh, I think I, I think Forrest Gump is trash, uh, and I'm kind of fine with the rest of them. Yeah, I mean Shawshank, Pulp Fiction. I mean that's just it's a good year for movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, Shawshank has kind of become a joke over the years because it's like white dudes from age blank to blank. That's always their favorite movie. But, you know, it is still a good movie. The other one that you would probably want to change is is 1990. So Awakenings, which I saw, good, good flick, Ghost, good flick. Godfather yeah. Part Three, not a good, good movie. Geez, that was that late. I, I forgot that. Goodfellas, amazing, and Dances with Wolves, which won. Right. So you would probably have to give Goodfellas the nod. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I I saw Dances with Wolves in the theater at the time, and but like in 1990, I am what. Uh, I'm 16 in 1990. <laughs> when so, does anybody ever reference Dances with Wolves right now? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's not the only criteria for whether a movie was good or not. There's a lot of things that people reference from movies endlessly that weren't the best movies of that year. You mean, I, so like 
Just because with my rationale, movies like Clerks and Mallrats would get Oscars. By, by your rationale, those movies would be among the greatest of all time. I'm and... okay with that. <laughs> I, Can I we mean, get we... the best actor for Randall? <laughs> Who didn't want to be Randall? Right. That was great. So, um, yeah, as much as we like those movies, they're probably not Oscar-worthy, certainly in, in terms of their um, acting performances. Um well, to dial to, to dial it back and go to a broader scope and maybe to return it back to your question about, mm-hmm. about the Grammys and award shows is, so 2029, mm-hmm. we're, you know, hopefully having similar conversations, um, but are, are these shows even that much more diminished? Are they even around? Are they different? Like, what, what do you think happens? I don't know. I mean, first of all, I, I hope that we're we're doing, you know, episode five thousand and thirty-eight of this podcast. But uh, studio, I told my wife, I was like, yeah, I need to get a green screen for when we're streaming, and she just <laughs> shut the door on me. <laughs> she just, uh, that's if a good. Her eyes could have rolled out of her head. That's a good have. separate discussion. I, I think I, I'm fascinated by streaming and you know, how this whole thing works and doesn't work and whatnot. But um, anyway, uh, I mean, the really short answer is I have no idea because I do think that um, it's pretty obvious to everyone that these industries are changing and changing quickly because how we um, consume media has changed very quickly. And it's a little hard to know when and how, you know, the dust is going to settle like um, these things do, especially creating movies or even TV cost money. And so you have to have a audience of some size. So it feels like there's always room for some sort of award show, even as things become more and more fractured. And this person's favorite show is Game of Thrones and this person's favorite show is Ozark. And, you know, that that's always been kind of true of, of movies and TV, but it's like they still generate enough of an audience to have those debates. Music is a little bit more murky for me because there are so many genres to it and um, people can so tailor what they want to listen to that. So I think it's a little bit harder to get a critical mass of millions of people that care about your nominees because for so many people if you say i'm creating five nominees for um hip-hop album of the year who do you think it should be um there would be about 600 or so (laughs) you know nominees out there especially if we're talking worldwide instead of just um in America, but even so. Um, and so therefore I think it's just, it's hard to get people to tune in with any sort of investment. And that's just ignoring sort of the Grammys in particular where they have kind of a, a disconnect with some of those audiences of some of the different types of music out there. Well, to me, it ties into something else we've talked about, and this is a little off topic, but I feel like it plays into this discussion especially about music is they're just running out of halftime show performers at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, because this they're is trying that... to find artists that are going to, again, be widely, I wouldn't even say, I guess, acceptable right? to a broad range of people that are, that are still quite popular globally. Mm-hmm. And there's just not that many artists that fit that criteria for a more conservative football league. Right. I mean, they have your problem. They're, they're trying to reach this sort of theoretical concept that doesn't really exist. Uh, and, so, and so in a way, I think that they kind of did the brilliant thing this past year, even though I'm sure it was unintentional, which was let's put a performance out there that we know people are going to hate. <laughs> See, I don't think they had that level of self-awareness. But maybe I, I know they did not, but in a, but it's brilliant because, man, this is like the most I've heard people talk about the halftime performance, at least since Prince. Um, because P- 
people came into it with strong opinions of, and by and large, uh, the performance validated in their minds, the strong opinions and people, people were not happy with it, but it, you know, it's, it's like they bothered to watch because they knew it was going to piss them off and they wanted to be able to talk about it the next day. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's the way they need to go. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be like what? Cardi B next year. Maybe. Well, I guess, I mean, you, you, you hit on it. I don't know. Minutes ago, tens of minutes ago, just talking mm-hmm. about representation of who's making this decision. It's typically mm-hmm. older, wealthier, whiter people. And well, especially for the NFL, like their chances of being solid tastemakers in terms of putting together a Super well, Bowl. I was talking more about the, the slim to mill. Just in yeah, general, yeah, that, who, yeah. Who in who in play, in places of power are making decisions, and it's you know, people who are older, wealthier, and whiter, and. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think you and I and many other people want to see some change take place. Uh, that change is slow, and things like like for example, Black Panther wins. That'd be awesome. That would be I would totally be a, a fan of that. And with the NFL and other music, I just allowing more people in to make those decisions is important. And I think what people can do is sort of make decisions with their with their wallet and their attention. That if you feel like something isn't appealing to you, then tune out or, or don't buy it. And mm-hmm. and that's why I just wonder if more and more people, younger people and older people are fading out, that these award shows and, and things like the NFL, which I do not believe it's a monopoly on people's attention that will that will last forever i I tend to think of something that's even though i enjoy football i think it's declining Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons that's another episode sure Um, but i mean boxing used to be the biggest sport in the country i think at one point and Mm -hmm. you know that it changed so this topic, I think, is pretty frivolous in some ways, but at the same time, it's. I think it speaks to bigger issues that are actually quite important. Yeah, I mean, I agree. On the one hand, like it's an award show and nobody cares, but on the other hand, um, where nobody should care that much. Even getting back to the Eddie Vedder point of, you know, <laughs> we're creating this award for an artistic endeavor and like who is to say you know which ones actually had merit (laughs) well and with things being and and they talk about the internet well it's a great equalizer and it's sort of this top-down process of these award shows saying here here is the art that you should care about that is important Mm -hmm. we're going to tell you what's important and that's what we're going to sell you Mm-hmm. And I think it's different now. It's mm-hmm. changing where yep. people are like, no, <laughs> right? I don't care what you're trying to sell me. I found these other artists or these other films or these other forms of entertainment that are more important to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to support this and I'm not going to give my attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that matters. Well, I agree. Um, and at some point, those award shows will, even though there's you know people that want to hang on to their influence and power and whatever, when those respective industries like money talks eventually, so they're going to try to reinvent themselves in a way that people care about. The question is, you know, can these shows ever catch up? It'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, as somebody that cares about music, I would love there for there to be a critical mass music award deal that people really did care about, that people really got talking about. Because, I mean, as we know, what do I like to debate more than you know, <laughs> music? But I don't, I don't know what that would look like. Like if 
say they handed the reins over to like it's the pitchfork.com editors doing this like do I give a little field still around is that guy still writing articles (laughs) Uh, I have I have heard Matt Penfield hosting like a metal oriented show I think it was metal oriented because I know he's a big like dream theater guy and whatnot but anyway he's still out there I'm I'm not sure that much of anyone cares what Matt Penfield thinks at this point. But point being is like if they gave it to the editors of pitchfork.com, like that gains some amount of relevance to me. But then there's like a whole swath of people like you that if they even if they know what pitchfork is, they're rolling their eyes that, Oh, these pretentious a-holes are now, (laughs) you know, like I'm not, I'm not sure who they hand that over to um, other than just, really really doing a good job of getting this vast sort of representative demographic of of people to to give these awards out and i mean it's that's hard to do even when you're just making an honest attempt let alone when you know you have an industry and people hanging on to their their power and whatnot so anyway i'm rambling yeah no and maybe that i, I like that idea of just <laughs> ended on an honest attempt like i feel like if these award shows just Stopped trying to hang on mm-hmm. and allowed new people into the process. And, and maybe that's what like the Oscars are trying to do by having a bigger field of who's nominated for Best Picture. But it's like they try to take one step forward and take four back <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to please some middle. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and what these awards, I think it's important. Well, I think it's useful for there to be some kind of recognition for people at the top of their craft. Right. And then I think it's good for people to be debating about like, oh, well, this person was better than that person. Like it just, it promotes art. It promotes Mm -hmm. these endeavors. And I think if that totally Mm -hmm. goes away where, you know, in 10, 15 years, the Grammys and the Oscars aren't even televised. You just read about them. That would be a shame. I don't want things to go that way, but I do Mm -hmm. want them to get better. Right. I mean, they, but, you know, both of these entities to some degree need to, um, sort of reestablish their relevance through, um, I don't know if like being more transparent is exactly the, what they need to do, but, um, regaining the trust of a lot of people. I mean, the article that I referenced way back when, the NPR article, their point was like, you know, Childish Gambino wrote a song that was basically about um, sort of black problems and violence as entertainment for the rest of the world was part of the idea of that song and especially that video. And then, then the Grammys like, awesome song. Why don't you come and perform? <laughs> you know, and he's like, well, then I'm just kind of doing what I was what the song was about if i show up without a shirt on and dance for the the grammy audience and so you know they have a problem right now where a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons aren't putting much weight in what they have to think and they're gonna have to find a way i think both entities but especially the grammys to, to regain that well it's another hopeful show i mean <laughs> just uplifting we've really you know done a good job <laughs> well i mean it's you have to call a spade a spade it's not like there's not lots of great movies and great music out oh, yeah. there it's just that these entities are not doing the world's best job of it's not, you know, in looking at the Oscar nominees, I can't sit there and say, oh, well, these six movies should have been nominated because I just I don't see enough movies in my life right now. Um, but for music, I can, um, whether anybody agrees with me or not. Um, and, and and that's that's kind of the problem is like even if they do a good job at this point, which for all I know, the Oscars nominated I mean, I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to take Bohemian Rhapsody off the list. That one just feels like it shouldn't be there. But my point is, is if even if they nominated like seven of the eight best movies this year, like 
they've lost that trust. Like, you know, even when I was looking at the Grammys, I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's good music. Oh, I like that person. Like, it's not so much the names are wrong as that they've just they've 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 lost the trust of the people that we're going to tune in and watch and care about that. Oh, I, I like having these conversations. I just make it joking before. I, I know a lot of our episodes are <laughs> a little somber. They're very we're kind of pondering some of these topics. I think this is a g- good one to ponder. I'd be curious what other people think about these topics or if they even care. Is mm-hmm. it more of just something that it's just, it's not important and it's like totally off their radar. It's like, oh, whatever. Who cares? That's my my feeling, but I'd love to hear from people if yeah. they agree or not. So weigh in. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can find me. Easiest way is on Twitter at uh, the id, D-M-T-H-E-I-D-D-M. And Chris, where can they find you? Uh, at Geekzinga on Twitter. And as I mentioned the last time, I have been trying to be on there more frequently to interact with at least these discussions um, because they, they do interest me sometimes. Twitter as a cesspool doesn't, but, um, you know, people that are taking an interest, I'd like to have those conversations. So. And if you follow us both, you, you'll get the added benefit of seeing Chris make fun of me from time to time <laughs> for something I've written. In. It's, it's my role. It's, you know, it's what you're there for. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so yes, sir, we will, uh, have to do this again soon because there were some other topics that we, are also been kind of rolling around in our brains. So, uh, is this the part of the podcast where you bring up the uh, the music show that we're just going to tease for the next five years? Yeah, we couldn't get to the music show. Matt Damon, we would have loved to have him on. He couldn't make it here tonight. <laughs> um, we'll just have to talk about the music episode. We actually have two music episodes in the work. We do. I feel like the one is going to happen a lot sooner than the one that we've been teasing for. At least eight months, if not more, at this point. But I do have my notes on that topic right here in my computer desk. I think I might have lost them, but <laughs> the other one is the vault, which right. uh, we're going to have a special guest on to talk about this this musical concept of what is the vault, what goes in the vault, and. Mm-hmm. What purpose does it serve? So I would say it's going to be what goes into the vault and what goes on a rocket to the sun. All right, <laughs> sir. Have a good week. You too. And uh, thanks for listening.